Hello there and welcome to this new edition of the Storymakers Institute, exclusively for paid subscribers. Conversations, analysis and dispatches from the front lines of storymaking is our jam. And if you're a free subscriber, upgrade your subscription now at thestorymakersinstitute.substack.com. Today, we're doing something a little different. The tables are being turned. A few weeks back, I was having a chat to Scottish-Australian creative, performer and independent arts leader Jenna Robertson on the Midwife for the Universe podcast episode. And she was saying, Joel, I want to hear your story. Now, as someone who's generally way more comfortable in asking questions than answering them, I sort of hummed and hard for a minute, then put my big boy pants on and said... All right, let's do it. So enjoy this exclusive Substack paid subscriber-only edition of the show with guest host Jenna Robertson and yours truly in the hot seat. This is the Storymakers Institute with Joel Carnegie. Welcome, Joel. Oh, thank you so much, Jenna. It's lovely to be here on my own podcast. <laughs> you, you have so much to say about this topic, which is why this is your podcast. Now it's time to hear your voice. Well, thank you. Look, Story making, I think, for me, runs at the heart of so many things that I do, whether that being across music, across radio, across theatre, across film, across uh, the art forms that I choose, podcasts and so on. Um, everything kind of has a narrative and everything has a, a component of story to it. And so um, for me, this is a practice that um, that has been with me for a very long time. When I was uh, studying music at uni in my undergrad days in Australia and overseas in Austria, my, the thing that interests me the most was like, what is the backstory behind this piece of music? Or what could I create? Uh, what's the story behind this piece of music that I can tell myself in this moment in performing this, this song or this piece of music so that I can kind of portray something, uh, I can say something to the audience through the music. So when I moved into radio and when I moved into documentary and theatre and so on, um, that's kind of continued on with me and story making has become such a sort of fundamental part of the the work that I do. And now rather than thinking more about the genre or the work, the type of work I do, I think about the story first and then I think about what's the best medium to tell it. So that's kind of where I feel like I sit now is thinking about the story and where it's best placed to exist for an audience to experience it. Mm, I love that. Story first, form second. You know, I think with story making, once you start, it has a way of creating itself and it's a snowball effect and it just moves in its own accord and you just then help push it along. Once you start developing, you've got a really good sense of a story, um, it will then just move on its own accord. And, and my job is just to kind of... Uh, continue to kind of keep it just moving uh, in the right direction. If we're going to think of this like as a bowling ball, uh, I'm just going to make sure it's not going to hit the sides of the lane as it goes down to hit the pins. So I'm just thinking about that idea and just kind of keeping things on track as it moves along. If there's an opportunity to kind of go elsewhere, um, you know, I'll see that little sparkling moment in, in, in the the corner of my eye and I might go and investigate that, but then I'll make sure I'm coming back here and kind of keeping on track. And so whether I'm working by myself or working with other people, that's effectively what my, what my job is, is to kind of keep a, keep a story moving in the direction where it feels like it's naturally going already. Mm, that sounds like a beautiful process, like the nurturer of the story. So Joel, your listeners have heard you asking questions and interviewing for both the series that you've put together. And we know now that stories at the, the heart of what you do, 
and you respond to the story with form. This comes across in the diversity of the work that you've put out into the world. So just tell us a bit more about your background. Um, mm. what, what led you to where you are? Um, what different artistic practices have you, have you gone through that you now integrate? Just let us get to know you a bit, Joel. Oh, thank you. Um, music and story has always, has always been at the very heart of everything that I've ever done. I remember early on I would be reading with my mum and she would say to me as I'm reading with her, she would be like, what's the meaning behind this story? Can you dig a bit deeper? Like, what is this story really trying to say? And that always struck me as an idea. And I used to get very frustrated by that because I was like, what, it's just a story about this that then happens and then this happens and then this happens. It's like, no, no, what is it really trying to say? And that was really profound for me because it was kind of that moment where despite being a frustrated teenager, I it, something clicked into my brain where I thought, ah, oh, okay, so there's something more here and how could I create stories with that level of depth? And so for me, stories aren't just about the narrative that runs along the top of it. It's about everything that sits underneath, dealing with the themes, the ideas, the big issues, um, which cannot be accessed necessarily through the narrative that exists at the top. In a way, I want to try and kind of create story that has surprises for people and has layers for people so that if they want to investigate and if they want to explore the story to its full depth, they can, or they can still enjoy it as a sort of surface narrative story. This happens and this happens and this happens. For me, implanting little bits and pieces scattered throughout the story um, that is deeply personal to myself as a maker, that's the stuff where I like playing in. So in creating story, I think a lot about a lot about that and the connections between the themes, the layers, the story, and is the story serving what we're trying to achieve here. And I guess coming back to that bowling ball idea, um, at the start of any story making project, you have a concept that you're trying to explore or an issue you're trying to investigate or something that you want to say. So it's really important to be keeping checking back into that and to, um, and to be able to then kind of look at a story and go, is this, is this what we're trying to say here? And, and, and if it's not, then what's changed or do we need to revert back or are we going in an entirely new direction because that's what sort of feels right. So, so those early days um, of, of story kind of emerged, I guess, from the conversations I had with my mum. Then through school, like music was something that was was inherently part of what I did. And then that continued through university as a brass player, but also as a you know piano, also conducting and singing as well. So there was a, a variety of different things that I explored during, during uni. And then from that, um, found my way into radio. Uh, and for the subsequent years, and, and, and I continue to be in that medium, um, now coming up to some sort of... <laughs> 15 odd years or thereabouts of working in the medium of radio. And, and I've had the great privilege of working for so many of the international broadcasters around the world, as well as ABC in Australia. And right now as a presenter on ABC Classic. And, um, and that melds the experiences that I had studying music and knowing that kind of story of music, as well as with the, um, the presentational aspects and the performative aspects of, of being on the radio. It's not just a conversation. It's you're also wanting to be entertaining company for those people who are listening to you. So um, docker making and feature making has been part of that journey too. And um, that's been both in audio and in film work. And that's deeply enriching to tell stories um, of other people and their experiences of life to sort of better understand the world at large, as well as your response and your relationship with that world. And then 
uh, more recently moving into sort of a, a, into the theatre space, which was kind of what I, in fact, I was doing as a teenager anyway. So that's a kind of full circle moment too. Um, and uh, in 2022, myself and uh, Gunnar Jamaraman Tom Molyneux, we toured Australia with our double bill called Stardust and the Mission, and that went to 32 venues across Australia, and that was an extraordinary effort and <laughs> in so many ways in telling my uh, ancestors' story. Can you give us some stats about that tour? Because Stardust and the Mission tour that you, that you did last year was epic, and I just would love the the listeners to get a sense of the scale of that. Have yeah. you got some some fun stats? Look, I do. I mean, we uh, <laughs> we travelled almost twenty four thousand kilometres across Australia um, to perform this show in thirty two cities. We had eighteen local onstage brass bands who I worked with each and every one of them to perform the music of the show of these two family stories. Stardust is the story of my grandfather who was a jazz musician and before he died he stored his life's possessions in a cupboard and locked it up and as a family we'd never opened it. So this story was deeply personal and it was exploring my relationship with him as well as uncovering the things that he felt important uh, to him so that he could leave them behind for us. Um, I had the great privilege of playing his trumpet on stage every night as well as wearing his dinner jacket, um, which uh, f- which fitted really well. And and off we went, you know, from from Melbourne to Sydney, Hobart, Perth, you know, the, and effectively the equivalent of going twice around the moon or one way from the North Pole to the South Pole. Um, the stories of my grandfather, as well as Alan McDonald, as as uh, told by Gunajmara actor Tom Molyneux in the Mission, and that was again another family story. The story of Tom's great great uncle, who was a Aboriginal soldier, a Gunajmara man who fought for Australia in World War One, um, only to uh, uh, come back to a country which didn't want to recognise him or his contribution, despite. Um, uh, being on the front line of military service and uh, and being a light horseman um, and uh, and fighting at Gallipoli and Beersheba, so um, so these two stories uh, intertwined uh, together, kind of revealed a portrait of these two individuals and the lives in which they led during kind of twentieth century Australia. So um, yeah, a deeply personal story, which for me, Stardust um, was uh, a work that arised out of a documentary, an ABC Radio National documentary many years ago, uh, and a live production, and then Stardust and the Mission um, toured around Victoria in 2019 to 13 cities, and then and then this big tour. So uh, all in all, um, you know, we had some combined uh you know, many musicians involved in in this story, and that was that was deeply um, rewarding. Working with brass musicians all over the country, and and seeing the impact of the two stories, but also of our time together, working together, and and seeing the progress that they made, and that was that was incredibly impactful um, for them and for me. You know. Um, and uh, and so this was sort of something that we repeated, you know, in every town that we went to, um, and and we did that for six months. So that was a an enormous tour um, which I produced um, uh, over over many many years, and um, and we sort of put it to bed too for both of us having having worked our way through those stories and plumbed the depths of uh, of these two men's lives. It was yeah, it was time to put it down and and to work on something else, which is you know exactly what I'm doing right now with a new theatre show. That was quite a ride, but I also feel like it was a, it was a, what you might define as a surface level uh, story of Joel's life, um, and a very fast one. So, <laughs> so let let me see if I got this right. So, music is sort of at the heart 
of your of your story and uh, 15 years with radio and I know that you've won awards in radio and you've worked in documentary and you're also working in theater making and I love that you've you've built this toolkit that allows you to bring to life what you said earlier about how it's story first and form second and and I and I guess um, I wouldn't necessarily had that had I not sort of dived in and wanting to continue to keep diving into new formats. But it's not all, you know, smiley faces. You know, it's hard yakka and there's some really challenging moments and I face those regularly um, and need to work out a way to um, provide creative leadership um, in spaces and be able to know in a very unstructured, often um, environment, um, how to sort of navigate um, the challenges of um, of telling story because not only is there the practical challenges of finding stories, telling stories, making stories from whatever, you know, medium there are, but there are also the challenges of telling stories so much as the, uh, is that the themes and the ideas and the challenges that exist within the story themselves often come up and, and they come up for you as an individual when you're telling them. So be careful what you wish for is probably what I would say, because, um, I find and do find and find more regularly that when you take on a story, you also bring forth and bring into your world the challenges that and the the ideas um, and the narratives of the story that you are telling. So you have to have an ability to manage that um, and um, and be able to put it down to, which is not always easy. <laughs> so. I don't know if you find that, but um... yes, I do find that. I do find that very much. It's like the energy of the story um, is present in your consciousness a lot, and therefore, um, it can have an impact on the way you feel, the choices you make, the way we're living. Um, Joel, for people who are listening, can you share a little bit about how you? approach that challenge huh they're your burden as a story maker actually so if you choose to create a work that deals with certain things then things come to you things will come to you um and if you choose this path you need to be aware that um yeah, that there are going to be challenges along the way. I'm not sure necessarily, I don't think I have a process necessarily in dealing with them, although probably I would say late, <laughs> more recently, and this is very practical and probably very boring, but I do find that running and swimming and yoga and just looking after my physical health is essential um, for, for being able to do this work. Um, you have to have such strength, I think, to um, go out into the unknown and and just kind of create on the fly. Um, you have to be pretty confident in yourself that to trust in the process of emergence. And what I mean by that is is just 
when things kind of come up to roll with them and just to try not to attach yourself too much to to things. Um, I find often the best collaboration that I do is with people and with on projects where there is not an attachment necessarily to to things um, and and that and that the free exchange of ideas um, and concepts and story lines and actually kind of then enables a much freer experience rather than sort of being placed into camps of, you know, this is my opinion and therefore this must be in the show or whatever. Yeah, I, I often find that if you're working with people who kind of keep things light, even when you're dealing with difficult issues, it makes the process much easier. So you can actually deal with really heavy shit, but in the way in which you deal with it, that's also, that's actually the really important thing is to be able to say, um, we can laugh at this. We can have fun with it. It's seriously tragic as a story, but, and you can kind of go, oh my God, I can't believe we're going to do this to this character. Or I I can't believe that happened. And, you know, particularly when it's more of a kind of documentary base or you're kind of telling original story, then of course you're going to be influenced and impacted by the stories that people are telling you. And you're going to have an emotional response to that. And that is absolutely fine because at the end of the day, the audience will have an emotional response to it and you need to have an emotional response to it so that then, you know, you can kind of move through that and then have the audience experience it. I remember with Stardust, this, uh, the theatre show about my grandfather, um, there was there was a couple of moments um, in the show when I was writing it. This was for the Victorian production back in 2019. Um, and I just remember just crying uncontrollably um, but I needed to do that because I needed to work through that stuff so that I could present it on stage without, um, you know, completely collapsing as a human. Yes, the audience will have that response, hopefully. Um, if it's a if it's a moment that you kind of are trying to invoke sadness or it's just a sad moment, this is just kind of what people do when experiencing story is they go along with the ride with you and they go that emotional roller coaster. But I do feel like as a story maker, you have actually have to, track that course, track that path before you enable other people or you allow other people to take that path with you after you. I could not agree more. Just thinking about what you've just said, there's so much there. There, I, I love that you've shared how you take care of your physical body with the yoga and the running and just being able to to incorporate that into the process. And then I, I also love that you're, you're bringing lightness and fun into into your creative process to to bring that balance um, with the real with the real heavy emotions, um, and also just love that you said that you're that you trust the emergence and and that you enjoy deeply trust it. Yeah, it's the only yeah. way for me to work. There's no other way. I mean, you can have an idea about where you're going, but once you embark, you just have to go with what turns up. But if you've got a good idea from the beginning. And you feel like it's right, or it feels like this is yes, this, this. It's that feeling of this. <laughs> um, there's something in that for you, and therefore, uh, and therefore, follow it. See where it goes. The worst that can happen is that it falls over. But for me, yeah, great stories just come from following, following following my nose and seeing where it goes. Uh, and I deal with in some stories that are really kind of heavy stuff. And 
Um, so having those outlets are important and treating it with lightness is also important. This is fantastic. One thing I've been thinking a lot about lately, putting all of that aside, is this idea of what the impact of story is. Recently, I was enlightened by a book by Charles Eisenstein called The More Beautiful World Our Hearts Know It's Possible. This is something I also mentioned in a previous episode of this podcast. But it has got me thinking about the underbelly of story and the unintentional consequences for doing this work. When I think about mass story, you might think about a Hollywood blockbuster, an action movie. You might think about a TV drama. Think about the fiction. Think about the music that you experience. All of that is influencing you and the world because, in effect, we use story to understand the world around us. Now, if we are if we encounter story that is about conflict, division, drama, in effect, then that is how we see the world and that is how we subconsciously or consciously... That's it for this free preview edition of the Storymakers Institute. If you'd like to hear the full episode, just head to our website and become a paid subscriber, thestorymakersinstitute.substack.com.